Welcome to the Lost Tapes of History podcast. You're about to eavesdrop on the first 10 minutes of a private conversation between a Tudor personality and, frankly, someone just trying to do their job. The date is October 1597 and Queen Elizabeth is on the throne. Bess has just moved into Hardwick Hall and celebrated her 70th birthday. An estate agent visits to value her newest property, now that the renovations are complete. Mrs Talbot? I beg your pardon? You must be Mrs Talbot. Uh, Technically, yes, but I prefer Countess. Countess? Yes, of Shrewsbury. Well, you are, Mrs. And you own this place, do you? Well, this place, as you put it, is Hardwick Hall. Hardwick Hall, more window than wall. Well, yeah, uh, there are a lot of windows. Must be a bugger to clean. Couldn't you just have painted them on? We built our own glass-making production on site. My stepson owns the only glass house in the district, and we don't get on. Nothing a few stones in a fast run couldn't fix? My new glazier offers much better product. Now Gilbert has no market for his supply. (laughs) Ha ha! Right. And when did you buy this property? In uh, 1583, I bought it from the Crown. The Crown? It was once owned by my brother, and I wanted it back in the family. I am a Hardwick by birth, you see. And had he done much with it? Well, he'd begun to extend the house, but hadn't finished the work. Um, It had a central hall going from front to back. Uh, Right. That's bad, is it? Built in rather a haphazard way, if you ask me. Trained architect, are you? It had been empty since his death, so it was terribly dank and unwelcoming. We'd call that quiet and peaceful. I started a programme of redevelopment that was based around building a new great hall, but actually realised it needed completely remodelling. Sounds like a big project. I wanted a home of my own, and also a fit setting for my granddaughter, Arbella who may become queen one day. Oh, Bella. Unusual name. She's lived with me since her mother died. She needs somewhere for the great and good to be entertained, don't you think? If you say so. And what did you have done? Um, A three-storied east wing was built to include a gallery. Um, A large room called the Forest Great Chamber was added on the top floor. And the leaded roof, which has its own walking area. I thought you'd say you only added an ensuite and walk-in wardrobe. Whatever. Then the West Wing was rebuilt. The top floor room is called the Hill Great Chamber and has spectacular views over the counties from three sides. Sounds like you went over budget. We used all local materials and I was on site regularly monitoring progress. Uh, I might have thought you were the project manager. 375 workmen were employed. I had a close eye on all the accounts. I checked them every week. How many rooms? Um, 46 in total. 
14 bedrooms. Mind you, that's small. Small? Well, I have 97 rooms at Chatsworth and uh, 55 at Old Hall. So yes, Hardwick is smaller by comparison. Holy cow. Do they need value in as well? Oh, they all do. I have an extensive property portfolio. Have done from a young age. When you say young... Sixteen. Sixteen? What do you do, rob a bank? I gained my income through marriage to my first husband, Robert. I was only fifteen and he died shortly after. Every cloud? His estate had to pay one third of its total revenues to me for the rest of my life. That's what gave me the capital to get started. Bet they wish they'd check the small print on that contract. Then I married my second husband, Sir William Cavendish. He was twice my age and had two fine houses. Can't imagine what attracted you to him. He had a manor house in St Albans and a house in Newgate Street in London. A London property, eh? Interesting. Do you still have that one? No, but uh, we did buy some land in Derbyshire at Chatsworth. I grew up within a few hours of there and my stepfather's family lived there, so I knew it well. Why Derbyshire? The land there is good for sheep grazing, and there were a few mines, but uh, not much else. Well, that's what I was thinking. But my mother had written and told me whenever there was property for sale at bargain prices. When you say bargain... So, for £600, we bought the manors of Chatsworth and Cromford, Colton, Edinsor, Pilsley, Birchills, Bakewell, Baslow, Topley, Tideswell, uh, Lytton, Dor, Weston, Abney, Chesterfield, Beeley, Matlock, Bonsall and Repton. 600 quid. Yeah, I think bargain is an understatement. William paid a master mason to design him a fine new house at Chatsworth and we would live in the old mansion there while the new house was being built. Beats a caravan. Well, the project took 30 years, so... 30 years? Even if you knocked it all down and started again, it shouldn't have taken that long. Oh, it was such a date of design when it was built. It had turrets and battlements. Oh, it looked like a medieval fortress, not a home. Big? It was only two storeys high. I've since added another. Still, 30 years. That might be a world record. We had diamond-paned leaded windows. They looked lovely. And over the main entrance, we had the arms of the Hardwick and Cavendish families carved into the stone. Large grounds too, I imagine. Oh, of course. I added pleasure gardens, orchards, terraces, fish pools, fountains, gazebos and an entrance lodge. <laughs> well, flip my flop. But my dear William died, and whilst he left me everything, I owed the Crown a large debt. Why didn't you just sell something? I knew they would be worth more in the long term. So what did you do? Married again. Sir William St Lowe. 
He underwrote the building work on Chatsworth that had stopped when my second husband died. He wasn't double your age, was he? No, we were a similar age, actually. His family were ancient landowners in Somerset, Gloucestershire and the West Country. Well, that always helps. Did he also have a heart condition? His home, Sutton Court, was in Chew Magna in Somerset. Any good? It has a 13th century round tower, uh, huge stable yards, outbuildings and a surrounding battlemented wall. It was like a small fortress. Don't knock it. There's a market for those. But at Sutton Court, there was no parlour for me to retire to. But 27 other houses. I ordered one to be built as part of an extension to the existing manor house. <laughs> he would tease me and call me the chief overseer of my works. And the chief spender of my money as well, presumably. But there was a problem. Don't tell me. Lack of gold plating for the taps? Coy cart the wrong shade of orange? His brother Edward thought that he should have been given Sutton Court to live in instead of us. There was bad blood between us. How bad? Edward visited us at our London home and I was poisoned. Yep, that's pretty bad. He was never found guilty but those that he'd put up to it were put in the tower. And that was the end of it? Of course not. In the normal course of events, a man would leave everything in his will to his oldest male relative, but William left everything to me. So, you can imagine the rest. William died, did he? And then it all kicked off. And Edward was with him when he died. He obviously thought that Sutton Court would automatically come to him, but it didn't. He was furious. This is like something out of a novel. Well, I saved the best till last. My fourth husband was George Talbot, Earl of Shrewsbury. You're a glutton for punishment, aren't you? Very rich family, old nobility, owned vast expanses of land in Derbyshire, Nottinghamshire, Shropshire... Staffordshire and Yorkshire. Not so much a punishment. He also had a manor and castle in Sheffield. Uh, Wingfield Manor, Worksop Manor, Buxton Hall, Welbeck Abbey, Ruffold Abbey, Tutbury Castle and Abbey, as well as two properties in London, one in Thames Street and another near Charing Cross. Oh, and then he bought a house in Chelsea. I think I need to sit down. I'm sweating. It was all fine until he was made custodian of Mary Queen of Scots. She lived with us for 15 ruddy years. You should have charged her rent. We were supposed to be getting compensation from Queen Elizabeth, but it never arrived. So which of your many houses did she go to? We put her in Tutbury at first. We had to live with her which meant I had to leave my beloved Chatsworth. I wasn't happy, I can tell you. What was wrong with it? Oh, it was dismal. Old timber and cracking plaster. Terribly cold and damp. And one side of the house never saw the sun. So everything got covered in mould. And to make matters worse, there were no drains to the privies, so the smell... Oh! Please tell me you moved. Yes, to Wingfield Manor. 
It was built around two square courtyards with a huge great hall lit with a magnificent oriel window at one end and gothic windows along two sides. You're starting to sound like an agent. Do you want a job? <laughs> Glorious views over the orchards. I had a suite of rooms over the entrance porch so that I could watch people coming and going. What was so bad? Oh, it wasn't just Mary. We also had to put up her household, her servants and her guards as well. Sounds like you should have made chats within a hotel instead. Our marriage never recovered. Oh, what do you mean? He decided he was going to have a great new house built at Worksop. It was an uncompleted shell of a manor house. I'd been left half done when his father died. He wanted it to be even better than Chatsworth. He saw it as a competition between us. I think I know how this ends. And who wins? He got heavily into debt. He stopped paying me my annual allowance and kept all the rents of my properties for himself. We were rowing a lot. I still don't understand why everyone's in debt and hanging on to all these assets. Then he stopped talking to me. He wanted rid of me, but wanted to hang on to my lands and properties. He was so angry at that point that I really was in fear from him. Seriously? My son Charles had been attacked and forced to lock himself into a church and climb the steeple in order to avoid being beaten up by his men. And that wasn't the only threatening behaviour. It wasn't. Law-abiding tenants who had paid me on time were punished for non-payment by having their animals and property confiscated and their homes relet to others. Sounds like our main competitor. Mm. He turned up once at Chatsworth with 40 men armed with guns and knives to forcibly occupy the house. They broke the windows and took away whatever they could get hold of. Sounds like you need to purchase a good security system. For some unearthly reason, he believed his family were conspiring to rob him of his money. Well, when you put it like that... He banned me from setting foot in any of his properties. He said he wanted revenge. Or a divorce. But the council exonerated me and that wound him up even more. They said I should be taken back into the house and be paid £2,000 in rents on my properties. Why do I sense a but? But he sent me a list of things that were supposedly his that he wanted returned. 75% of them were actually mine and were owned before I even married him. Oh dear. To make matters worse... They can get worse. He bought the properties that I was getting a widow's payment from via my first husband, which meant he was then personally responsible for paying me. Please, Lord, let this have an happy ending. He's dead now. I got one third of the income from his estates. Ah, fabulous. Mind you, his son Gilbert, I was telling you about him earlier, resents it. But I want what's due under the contract, even if I don't need the money. Yeah, 
I wouldn't want to be Gilbert's lawyer opposite you. Anyway, the funny thing was that Gilbert went to the house after his death and everything portable had been taken. Taken? The housekeeper, Eleanor, who had been caring for the Earl, had taken everything. <laughs> Classic. I know. She was tracked down, living with her nephew in a very richly appointed house, stuffed with things supposedly given to her by the Earl. Heard that story before. I also got a life interest in a number of properties belonging to his estate, namely Bolsover Castle and its coal mines, Wingfield Manor and Shrewsbury House in Chelsea. Dear God! Quite! Next to the Queen, I am the richest woman in England. Can I just have a rest for a moment on this bench here? I've come over a little dizzy. Of course. I'll stand if you don't mind. I don't know how you do it. I wasn't expecting a 70-year-old female entrepreneur. Well, I do have my finger in a lot of pies. Like what? Oh, sheep and cattle farming, mining and foundries, quarries and glassmaking, property rentals and leaseholds and money lending. Are you bankrolling an addiction we should know about? I do it because I enjoy it. I don't need the money. I sense that. I ensure that the revenue from an estate meets its expenses so I could spot losses immediately. I then use excess money to offer short-term loans at good interest to neighbouring landowners and tenants. I insist on security in the form of property deeds. How do you mean? Well, take the Duke of Cumberland. I've acquired his lands at Edinsor, which adjoins Chatsworth, because he's defaulted on a loan I made him. You are a canny lady, Mrs Talbot. Um, I should probably mention that I also own the manors of Alcoats, Heath, Rowthorn and Stainsby. My father and grandfather farmed there, so I purchased them for £3,350. I've run out of paper. I have a new house at Alcoats. Um, it's smaller than Hardwick, two storeys and uh, a three-storey central block. That will need valuing as well. Oh. Are you all right, young man? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just thinking about how I'm going to spend my commission. Next time, it's Latisse Nullis and the Mediator. Why is she named after a salad? The Lost Text of History podcast is a Since 79 production. If you've enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to get more episodes. To fact check what you've heard on this person, visit our website, losttapesofhistory.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at Synth79P and use the hashtag Lost Tapes of History.